Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Guillard, and every Saturday I'll be covering frequently asked questions as well as the history of the church, the Holy Land, the Bible, and or Bible prophecy. I pray that as you hear God's truth, that it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And I pray that you find the hope, joy, and peace that only the living God, Jesus Christ, can give. Be blessed. You may be enthusiastic for God, but are you really saved? When I was around 11 or 12, my parents and I went to Puerto Rico to visit family. My mom's aunt died of cancer while we were there. I remember right after the funeral going into a room where they prayed the rosary in Spanish. I was bored. Consequently, I didn't understand what it was for. So the question comes up, does reciting the rosary help anyone get saved? Absolutely not, especially if they're already dead. Friend, it's too late. If that person did not make a decision to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they are not saved before they die. All you are doing is babbling 50 Hail Marys, five Our Fathers, and a glory be or two. The problem with this is you're saying it without meaning. Furthermore, it's zeal without the foundation of salvation. Jesus taught us how to pray, and we find this in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles or pagans do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Now, James wrote, James chapter 4, starting with verse 2, You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Being enthusiastic and zealous is not enough. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 6. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage or sewage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ 
and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Paul also wrote Romans chapter 10, starting verse 2. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law or religion, traditions, rites, rituals. All people are sinners. Continuing. Now in Romans 3, we went back, we're now in chapter 3, verse 10, Romans chapter 3, verse 10. Well then, should we conclude that we Jews are better than others? No, not at all, for we have already shown that all people, whether Jews or Gentiles, are under the power of sin. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul, their stench from an open grave, their tongues, read that again, verse 13. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies, a snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder, abortion. Destruction and misery always follows them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given for its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Christ took our punishment. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Not Mary, Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law or rites or rituals or religion. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. It's, uh, from Romans chapter three. 
So if you want to click on over to my blog, uh, you'll find a lot of uh, deeper Bible studies. Like I have a Bible study on the book of Romans, which is, which is really good, goes down in depth. But here's a quote from Frank Turek. God is under no obligation to save you if you hear the truth and reject it for a tradition or religion. So if you hear the gospel and still reject it for a religious tradition, you are condemned. In conclusion, finally, I believe there are many Catholics and yes, progressives and woke people too in hell crying and asking why, why? They did what society falls, preachers, popes and priests told them to do. They went to church. They called themselves Christians. Moreover, they did good works, volunteered and served. Yet they missed the crucial step of repentance and acceptance that leads to the salvation through Jesus Christ only. That so separated them from the world that they will never get an answer. It's not too late while you're still in this world. You can't be free if you're a slave to religion. Jesus didn't suffer torture and die so we could have religion. He died so he could have a personal relationship with you. And he told us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Isn't it about time you let him in? So here's what you have to do. You have to believe, have faith that Jesus is a Christ and he died taking your sins away forever. And then he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. When you ask Jesus to forgive you, he will. All your sins will be wiped clean, past, present, and future. And all means all. Then be baptized by water baptism. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your own life and are born again in Christ. And receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog, click where it says, How to Know Jesus. And again, uh, click on over to dig deeper, like heaven or hell, where you spend eternity is your choice. Does purgatory exist? And why do we need to repent of our sins to be saved? And I embedded in the bottom two of my favorite uh, hymns. Um, worship songs in Christ alone and nothing but the blood of Jesus. So, solideo gloria, to God alone be the glory. It's now open, my Christian Book Distributors Affiliate Bookstore. These hand-picked books cover Bible prophecy, Christian apologetics, worldview, and much more. Many are at discount prices. Isn't it time you got your Christian books from a Christian bookstore? Click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. 
I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.